That was awesome. Okay, now that's all the screaming you're gonna do uh, in the service. You're gonna be real quiet. But what we are gonna do is, and we're gonna do something a little bit more serious now. Um, in, uh, and this is truly, I know I'm, I'm shifting emotional gears quickly. Um, but I do want us to pray for the families of the officers uh, that were uh, slain yesterday. That's a great tragedy. And so um, it was, uh, just so you can know who you're praying for, it was Officer uh, Rafael Ramos, who was only 40 years old, and Officer Wenjin Lu, who was 32. And they were uh, gunned down in their car yesterday. Um, which, just as a side note, and I know, you know, we all come from different uh, backgrounds, right? For some people, you know, police officers are, are, they have a warm spot in their heart. And for others, especially in New York, you know, you have some things, especially with some of the things that have happened within the last few uh, weeks. But we should all agree. We should all be very, very confident and agree that is in no way, in no shape, in no form uh, at all um, okay or justified to um, assassinate two men who are called to protect our cities. Um, the alternative to that is anarchy. The, uh, the alternative to peace is anarchy. And so this is, this is madness. And I wanted us to take a, a few moments to remember and to pray um, for Officer Ramos and uh, Officer Lou's family uh, as they go through this very, very difficult time. And I want to, listen to me. People are going to, you know, we're going to have great tragedies and difficult things happen. I, I pray that you would be a peacemaker. I pray that you would be a peacemaker, that no matter what anybody else says, oh, yeah, all cops need to die or stupid stuff like that, which is really nuts. I pray that you would, in those conversations, you would be a peacemaker and that you would be one that stands in Christ, not along with everybody else. Um, and so we're going to pray. Is that okay? Is that okay? So let's pray. Father, um, we come to you with broken hearts over this family that, um, that just experienced this, these two families that have experienced this terrible, tragic loss. Lord, we have no words. We have no words for these kinds of tragedies. So Lord, would you just have mercy on our cities? Would you draw our cities to yourself? Would you help us to be peacemakers Wherever we go, Lord, I pray, I pray that in our city, as well as across the land, that there would be a, a spirit of humility and a spirit of brokenness, a dialogue that opens up in brokenness and humility um, between people of differing views. Amen. And that in that you would be glorified. Lord, raise up Christ followers to stand in Christ um, as people who work within the system to change some of the injustices, but also as people who work within the communities to 
curb some of these ideas and attitudes that some of our communities hold. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would, in a great way, heal our city, turn us to Christ, and help us to not only experience your joy, but be harbingers, be messengers of that very joy. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. Welcome to the Recovery House of Worship. Please have a seat. Now, if you come next, uh, if you come, I'm sorry, if you come um, on Thursday, the uh, Christmas Eve, no, Wednesday, the Christmas Eve service, we still have some more songs to sing. And so you can come and practically rush the stage just like you just did right now and, um, and scare your pastor with numbers. Okay. <laughs> I'm really grateful that you're here. And, you know, it's very, it's very awkward and difficult to transition from what we just talked about, the death of the officers, but it's also unbelievably appropriate because everybody's looking for peace. Some people look for peace and violence. Some people look for peace in, in sin. And, and the church, listen to me, the church finds its satisfaction in Christ. It finds, the church, she finds her joy in Christ. Amen. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for bringing the church into this building. Well done. Thank you for bringing the church into this building that we might be the church together. Because you know the church is not a bunch of bricks, and it's not an address. The church is the people coming together to glory in God, hear from his word, do his will, rejoice in him, serve one another in spirit and in truth. That's the church. And so um, I thank you for bringing the church into uh, this room. So we're going to talk about our Christmas message. And uh, however the Lord leads you, I pray that it would be to see and savor Jesus as the one who satisfies. You know, I don't have many memories as a child about Christmas, uh, at least not many good ones. And, but I do remember, I do remember that this one year, I wanted this one particular toy. Did any of you ever have that one particular toy that you wanted? Could you shout it out? What was your toy? What was that? Street Fighter 2. Oh, you know this kid is in his 20s. And it's like, you know, it's like the video game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretch, yeah, Stretch Armstrong, right? Yeah, yeah, remember Stretch Armstrong? That was awesome. Yes. Um, no, she goes, no, shame on you. Um, She-Ra, yeah, I loved She-Ra. Yeah, what was that? Shirley Temple, G.I. Joe. What else? Big Wheels, Cabbage Patch. Yeah, who didn't love the cabbage? Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That was awesome. Did anybody remember Rock'em? Any others? Transformers, absolutely. Which one? Knight Rider Racetrack. I wanted to be Knight Rider. That's awesome. What was that? Easy Bake Oven. Oh, absolutely. Any others? Okay. Okay, um, 
a bike. You're the first person in two services to say a bike. I thought there was going to be 50 people who says bike. That's awesome. Yeah, a bike. A Mercedes? Okay. That was not the household I grew up in. Um, uh, actually. Okay, so, um, yes. Pokemon. Right, right, right. The little card game thing. Sure. Okay. All right. Now, let me t- I'm, I'm going to tell you all what the real uh, uh, cool gift in Christmas is, okay? Because you're all wrong. The one that was really super cool, uh, that captivated my imagination, was, does anybody remember this? Um, it was an Incredible Hulk that you, you had like a little pump to it. Yeah, and then you, it, it would pump and then break the prison bars, right, right, right? It was, you know, it was raw, and then it would break the prison bars and the bars would break, and it would be, that was all it really did. Um, yeah, there you go, like something like that, right? Um, now, this is a far cooler one uh, than the one, but it was, it was the same concept. You pump it up, and then you broke the, the prison bars. And so I really, really, really wanted uh, that gift. But you, you know what's interesting about the gift? As much as I wanted it, and I did get it. I actually got it. Um, it didn't ultimately satisfy. Because, you know, I don't know where that toy is now. It, it, neither do you. You don't know where your, like, your great toys that you were asking. You don't know. Nobody knows where their Easy Bake Ovens are. Nobody knows, right, their Street Fighter video game? No idea where that is, right? Um, the Rock'em Sock'em robots? No clue. Right. Here's the deal. All of us pursue life like little children, thinking that some toy, some satisfaction, some gift will fulfill inside of us what we need to be happy, joyous, and free. All of us. And we pursue it in different ways. And so we think that once we get this, then we'll really be happy. The nightmare, of course, is... For most of us, we will live life never having achieved the thing that you think will make you happy. So you'll go on the rest of your life thinking that that'll make you happy. Like some of us think that if we just had $10 million, then that would make us happy. And most of us will never achieve $10 million, so we'll keep on chasing it for the rest of our lives, not realizing that that does not satisfy. Some of us think that lovers... Lovers is the gift that will satisfy. If I could just, you know what? If I could just be with that person, they'll make me feel whole and beautiful and satisfied. Others of us, it's not a person, it's a substance. And so you've had a tough day at work, and so you don't, you don't reach for your scriptures, you don't reach for prayer, you reach for the can of beer in your refrigerator. You, reach, you, know, you go out to that spot and buy whatever you buy to smoke or snort, whatever you smoke, snort, or inject. You pursue a substance. For others of us, it's a career. If I just get to this level of career, then I will be satisfied. Others of us, we think, if we're married, we think, man, if I could just be single again, right? (laughs) If I could just be single again. Don't nobody elbow your husband or wife if you're here with them, right? Um, And some of us are single 
and think if I could just get married, right? And what we find is that we find that we jump from savior to savior, asking it to save us from our low self-esteem, our depression, our negative outlook on life, our feelings of ugliness, our dissatisfaction. And so we run to those saviors only to discover that they don't save at all. Now, I don't know how that works out in your life, but all you have to do to find out what your savior is, unless you're, unless, if you're not sure what your savior is, all you have to do is ask yourself this one question. How do I spell relief? How do you spell relief? When you're stressed out, where do you run to for relief? Is it, is it a click on a screen? Is it in a, a department store with plastic? Do you purchase your satisfaction? Do you purchase your release? How do you spell relief? Do you explode? Do you just blow up on people and that now you feel so much better? How do you spell relief? You have your deal. You have your deal and I have mine. And the thing is, is that your deal, the thing that you run to, that's not Jesus, will only prove to harm you because it was never meant to satisfy you. I can't tell you. Listen, there's a reason why so many of us have heard this um, slogan about praying for things that you want and then you have to pray for God to remove those things because you got them and you realize, oh no, they don't satisfy. You see, here's the deal. When you pursue a savior that's not Jesus, you wind up with pain and suffering rather than a savior. So this Christmas, what I want for you is I want the greatest gift that you could have. The greatest gift that you could have is not just the saviors that you run to, because you're all running to saviors. We're all running to saviors. If you don't believe me, just check what some of the things that you've done within the last week to relieve stress. Those are your saviors. We're all running to saviors. The question is, does your savior satisfy? So this week, I, what I, this Sunday, what I wanna to talk to you about is the best gift that you could receive is a savior that satisfies. To which God says, I know, I know, I know which one, what, what'll satisfy. I know what will give you peace and contentment. Listen, listen to me. Women, listen to me. He's not gonna make you feel beautiful. I mean, he'll tell you you're beautiful and you'll feel beautiful for a little while, but then he'll disappoint you because that which you deify eventually you demonize. You do know that, right? Let me see if I can explain that another way. That which you put on a pedestal is that which you want to just drag down to the floor after a while because you realize that they're not enough to give you what you need. Amen. Men, listen to me. She's not going to make you feel like a man. 
She's, listen, that, that fantasy that you have on the screen is not going to satisfy your desires. I know you don't believe me, but just look at the, how has it worked thus far? Like you have your whole life that you've been running to saviors. I don't know what your savior is. But if it's not Jesus, it will not only not satisfy, it will rob your joy and your satisfaction. So how do you end this sentence? Um, you, know, you know what would really make me happy? If, fill in the blank. You know what really would make the difference in my life? Fill in the blank. If you fill in that blank with anything other than Jesus, and because we're in church, you'll go, oh, no, it's Jesus. Yeah, yeah, but I put a little pressure in you, and I'll find out what the real God that you run to, the real Savior that you move to. What I want for you is to find that your satisfaction can only be found in Christ, and that resting in him, not just for salvation, not just for religious stuff, not just for, oh, I'm going to go to heaven when I die, not just for that. But for every moment, for every frustration, for every disappointment, for every depression, for every uh, desire for a substance, for every temptation, for every disappointment, for every moment in life, your satisfaction can be found in Christ. So God knows this. He knows that we need this. And so what he does is he proclaims it all throughout his book. He proclaims that you need a savior and that the saviors that you run to don't satisfy. And so he proclaims it over and over and over again. And in this one text, he proclaims it so clear, it's unmistakable. So in our Christmas service, one of the traditions we have in all of our services is to stand at the reading of God's word. And let's see. Now, I want you to read this with a loud, passionate voice, okay? A loud, passionate voice on the count of three. One, two, three. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is God's word. Please have a seat. 
So each one of us are going to look to a drink, to a girl, to a guy, to something to satisfy us on the deep side. Whatever your solution is to depression, despondency, whatever your solution is to rejection and hurt, whatever your solution is to your bad marriage or your tough single uh, situation, whatever your solution is that's not Jesus is another savior and it will not satisfy. It won't. It will not. So God wants us to see what does satisfy. And, and just in case you have to leave early, it really is the greatest gift. The greatest gift is really the Savior who satisfies his name. His name is Jesus. And there were shepherds in verse 8, we read in Luke 2, 8 through 14, we read in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. You know, that is so cool that the proclamation came to these shepherds that day. That is so incredible. Because here are shepherds who are preparing these sheep that one day, maybe, maybe not, but one day, maybe, these sheep would be used for a Passover. And what they would be used for is to, uh, the, the sheep would be bought by a family. The family would offer the sheep up to be sacrificed to atone for the guilt, the shame of the family. That sheep would pay the sin penalty for that family. That sheep unknowingly, unwittingly, and certainly unwillingly goes to the temple it's given to the, to, to the uh, priest. The, pro, the priest then uh, slits his neck. The blood represents the payment by which the sin is satisfied. The sheep dies, and the family's sins are atoned for. The reason I love that the angels came to the shepherds because it was almost as if God knocked on the door of the sky Amen. and said, Psst, boys, you missed one. You missed one. There's another lamb who will be led to the slaughter, whose blood will pay not just for a family, but for all the peoples of all the world. He will pay the sin debt, the sin penalty, all the stuff that you hate yourself over, Jesus will pay for. All the stuff that you feel shame about, that you will not share in polite company, Jesus has paid for. All the stuff that you have free in God, in Christ, Jesus has paid for. And while it was free to you, it cost him his blood and it cost them his life and it was as if God was saying shepherds there's one more sheep one more sheep I want you to recognize this evening one more sheep who will be taken to the sacrifice one more sheep that will be slaughtered not unwittingly and not unwillingly but one who will do it for you who will die for the person sitting in your seat, who will die for the person listening to this message. That's the Savior 
that we have. And so God makes this tremendous announcement, not to kings, not to heads of state, to shepherds, because he's still trying to teach us something. In verse 9, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. At which point, some sentences in the Bible, you just go, well, duh. Like, how do you respond when an angel you know, comes to you? And whatever the, it means for the glory of the Lord to shone around them, I'm thinking it's pretty awesome, right? So these angels appear and they're terrified, of course, because the problem is, is that when you and I think of angels, we think of really fat babies floating in the air. And the fact is, when the Bible speaks about angels, think about this. One angel took out a quarter of a million soldiers in one night. In one night. That's breathtaking, right? Now, I think I can fight, and I bet I can beat up anybody in this room, right? <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Some of you are pretty especially some of you ladies. But now watch this. But here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I would be thoroughly intimidated and nervous if a prize fighter came up to me and started to, you know, aggressively speak to me, right? This is an angel of the Lord who can take out a quarter of a million people in an evening. Amen. This is a fierce... God is not coming... Uh, He's, he's sending his angels to declare something fierce, and they're notably terrified, as should we be. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. <laughs> you ever hear suggestions that are just silly? <laughs> it's like, you want to tell the angel, really? Don't be afraid? I don't think I'm taking that suggestion. Um, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And I just want us to look at that for a minute. That's... I bring you good news. Listen to me. Listen to me. The word good news is actually gospel. You know what the good news is? You're worse than you think. That's the good news he's bringing. <laughs> that all your efforts in cleaning yourself up and making yourself look nice and act nice to try to get God's favor stink. They're terrible. You suck at it. Stop trying. The good news is that God is not asking you to try harder. God is sending his son to die on the cross for your incredible guilt. In fact, if you go to the mirror and you say, you're a good person, Jesus would be hanging on the cross saying, I disagree. Because you are worse than you think. You and I think that our sin is only big enough for a sorry Jesus knows that our sin is so big, it needs a sacrifice. But this is why it's good news. You stink and you're loved. How's that? Like, that's why the good news is awesome news. You struggle with your sexual identity and God loves you. You struggle, listen to me, you struggle in your marriage and you're not the kind of person that you want to be within your marriage and God loves you. You have this secret sin and God is weeping over it and he says, I love you. Listen, 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 listen. That's why it's good news. Every other religion says, do this, try harder, run faster, 
do better. And if you achieve enough, if you achieve enough, then maybe I'll like you. Then maybe I'll bestow favor upon you. Then maybe, just maybe, I'll show you favor. That's not good news. That's old news. Every religion since the dawn of time has asked for that. Listen, and I know many of you don't believe me. You know how I know? When you sin, you stop coming to church. That's, no. No more interruptions from this section, okay? All right. Listen. Now, listen. Listen. You know how I know? Because rather than taking your sin and your guilt to the Savior and saying, God, I really am broken. I really am horrible. I really am wicked. And I come to you. And you paid for this sin. Thank you for paying for this sin. Change my heart about this. Rather than doing that, you go, well, I'm not going to go connect. With, I'm not going to hear God's word. I'm not going to sing to Jesus. I'm not going to connect with other believers within the congregational body so that my, because so, you know what? What we want is we just don't want to feel bad. And Jesus wants to give us good news. He wants to say, yep, I saw it. I saw it, and I've been seeing you work up to it for months. And I'm crazy about you. It's tough for us to receive that kind of good news. We don't believe it. We don't accept it. Even right now, some of you simply don't have ears to hear what I'm saying. Right now, you're just going to go out and you know what you think Christian is? Just, just be a little bit more honest. Work on a couple of more principles. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do the right thing a little bit more. That'll do it. Listen. Listen. You're kidding yourself. That's not good news. The difference between the Christian and everybody else in religion is if everybody else is honest, they do it in order to earn f favor from God. If the Christian is ever honest, he does it because he's already gotten the favor from God. In other words, living in Christ is out of an outflow, not a give me. It's an overflow. Why can I love my wife like Christ loved the church? Because it's an overflow of the love that I received from Christ. Why can I forgive the man who molested me when I was young? Because I was forgiven the fact that I had molested God's law for years. How can I, how can I have peace with an enemy when it's, it's easy when the Savior it crossed an incredible chasm to have peace with me, his enemy, to make me not a friend, but a part of his family. Oh my goodness. How can I, how can I be satisfied with this little bit that I have? Well, it's easy when I recognize that he came from glory to be born in a manger, live a life of suffering and want for me. In him, I have it. Oh, you see, it's in Christ. It's not in the guy. It's not in the girl. It's not in the thing. It's, not, it's good news. 
because you can't earn it. It's good news because you walk into, I know, listen, for some of you, you're afraid. You're afraid to be found out. I don't even know what that means for you, but you know what it means. Like you don't want, you don't want your job to know about your past or certain things you have to keep secret. You don't want your spouse to know about your past or certain things you keep secret. You see, you can only get love if you just show this much. This is why we're on our best behavior on first dates, right? Because, listen, because we're working for, we're working towards getting their love. But what if you went on a first date and on the first date says, wow, you sleep around a lot. And oh man, you were unfaithful to at least three guys. And holy cow, I can't believe you're even here after all the beer you just drank last night. And it's like, you know, and, and on the first date, they tell you all the things that you feel guilt and shame and condemnation about. And they go, man, am I glad you're here. Come here and give you a hug. Right? Because all of us think that the good news is not the good news that we think. We think it's working, trying, trusting, doing better. We think it's running harder, doing better. It's not. I bring you good news. Stop trying. Start trusting. I bring you good news. Stop running. Start resting. You got 15 years clean? I bring you good news. You relapsed last night and you're not telling anybody? I bring you good news. You're on top of the world, I bring you good news. You're the worst of the worst, I bring you good news. He brings, the angel says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. When you get the good news, great joy comes and it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. When the good news comes and it starts to lodge deeper in your soul, it starts to, listen, without your permission, it starts to cause a joy in your soul. Amen. The times that I find myself in a deep depression or the times that I find myself in the dark or down in the dumps, the times that I find myself is when this truth is not being dug deeper in my heart. I almost have to preach this to myself. Amen. I go, hey, hey, Ed, you're attractive, not because all these people say you're attractive. You're attractive because Jesus has given you a beauty that no one, no one can take. Hey, Ed, you're accepted, not because your dad accepts you. He might not. Not because your wife accepts you. She might not. You're accepted because Jesus died on the cross so that you might be accepted of the Father. And so it doesn't matter all these other small people's opinions because the great God says, I'm accepted. You might be trying to, hey, Ed, you might be trying to get the approval of all these other people. If they just approved of me, then I would be okay. If they just said, boy, good job, then I would be okay. Listen to me. Listen to me. God has an approval for you, Edwin, that is greater than these small approvals that you live for. Listen. It's good news that produces something. Great joy. And it's for all people. That means if you're here and you're grimy, it's for you. Amen. That means if you're here and you're dirty, it's for you. Amen. That means if you're here for 50 years and you've put, your, you've put your righteousness, the badge of your righteousness is not Christ, but your religious activity, it's for you too. See, it's for all people. Are you young? Are you old? It's for you. 
Are you rich? Are you poor? It's for you. Are you clean? Are you using? It's for you. Are you gay? Are you straight? It's for you. Are you fat? Are you skinny? It's for you. It's for you. No, 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 but it can't be for me. You don't know what I've done. He does. Have you not listened to the earlier part of this message? He knows. He knows. He knows. It's for you. And what is it? The gift is a savior that satisfies. A savior that quenches the thirst. A savior that fills from the inside to overflowing. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this is what I want to get through to you. You and I do not need a helper. We don't need a second chancer. Because you need more than second chance. Am I the only one who needs more than a second chance? Right? No, no. Okay, listen. 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 What you need is a savior. You don't need a coach. You don't need a guide. You don't need a sage. You don't need a wise shaman. Listen, what you need is a savior. A person who is drowning in the ocean does not need swimming lessons. They need a savior. You and I, brothers and sisters, are drowning in the sea of our sin. And what we need is not another good suggestion, not another spiritual principle, not another idea that will help us become a little bit better in our eyes. What we need is a savior. And good news, a savior has been born. And he's been born to you. And he's the Messiah, the Lord, the Christ, the one who's better than the thing that you run to for your satisfaction. He's better. Listen, not just a little better. He's like crazy better. He's not just like, he's like, he's like the difference between like a banana and flung, right? (laughs) Flung is not just a little better than a banana. If if some of y'all who don't know what flung is, y'all need to go ahead and buy some. Go to a Spanish store. That's awesome. Now listen to me. Listen to me. He's not just a little bit better. He's way better. He's Christ the Lord. The Savior for sinful people that are sitting in your seat. He's for you. He's for you. So what do you do with that? Here's what you do. If you don't know Jesus, receive him. What's the gospel? Well, I just told you, you're worse than you think. But cheer up. You're more loved by Christ than you can imagine. Receive him. Now, what's wonderful about this gift is it's the only one that you could legitimately repackage and give to someone else. You know how like you get a sweater in Christmas and you you can't, you know, good night. I hope you don't give it to another relative. Like if you got it from a relative, you don't give it to a relative. But basically what repackaging is, is like someone at work gives you a sweater and it's, it's, it's dog ugly. And you go, oh, that's so nice. You lie through your teeth, which by the way, Jesus will forgive you for as well. And so you go, 
You go, oh, isn't that beautiful? Thank you very much. And you take the sweater, and then you find a, a relative is coming over that you didn't like or prepare for, right? So you go, oh, I know what I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him this dog ugly sweater. And so you repackage it, and then you give it to him, and you go, oh, you thought of me. And you go, yes, I've thought of you. That is what this gift is like, only it's not an ugly sweater. It's an incredible salvation that is given by Christ. It is a sweater, better than a sweater. It is better than a gift. It's the ultimate gift. It's the Savior that we get to share with others. So what do we do with the Savior? One, we receive him. We receive him. When your job is not paying you enough, you find you're enough in Christ. When your spouse is not treating you like you think you should, you find your treatment in Christ. When you find that you're looking for approval in all these other places, you find it in Christ. When you find your anger rising up, you lay it at the feet of Jesus, finding your peace in Christ. When you find the temptation overwhelming you, you realize that your satisfaction is ultimately not going to be found in that temptation, but is going to be found, in fact, in Christ. Christ is the solution. Christ is the solve. Christ is the one who satisfies, because in the end, the greatest gift in Christmas is a Savior who satisfies. And his name is Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom to know what to do with what we just heard. I pray that you would help us, Lord. There are so many of us right now, Lord, who will get upset today and rather than running to Jesus, will run to a rage. There are so many of us, Lord, that are going to feel lonely today, and rather than running to Jesus, we'll run to porn. There are many of us, Lord, who desperately need a Savior, and rather, rather than running to you for completion, we'll run to chocolate. Lord, would you help us to find our salvation, not just from hell, but from all the little hells of life, in Christ, because you truly give the best gift this Christmas. And it's Christ Jesus, our Lord. You give a Savior that satisfies. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.